This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. No matter what religion you subscribe to or what culture you come from, there are stories and tales of demons. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true encounters with demons sent in by viewers just like you. As usual, if you have a story that you would like to submit in a future episode, be sure to share your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going. Now, without further ado, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you're new, and sit back, relax, and get ready for some allegedly true demon encounter horror stories. Greetings, Swamp Dweller. My name is Patrick. First off, I'd like to say that I love your show. I started listening and watching just a few weeks ago, while I was at work. I absolutely fell in love, and I thought I should share a story that has plagued my mind for years about the time I saw something unnatural, vicious, and thirsty for blood. Personally, I think it was a demon, but I'll let you and the viewers or listeners, whatever you want to call them, decide. I'd like to apologize for the length of this story as there is a lot of detail that follows what happened. Everything in this story is true. I wish it wasn't, but unfortunately, I must live with it for the rest of my life. This story takes place when I was 17 years old as a junior in high school in Salina, Utah. I only had two friends in high school because everyone I went to school with thought I was a freak because I have been able to see and communicate with spirits since I was a child. It's a small town and everybody hears everything. My two friends, Logan and Ryan, and I were very avid paranormal investigators. We loved going all over our community and our county in general to investigate abandoned houses that were potentially haunted and cemeteries rumored to be. Me being able to see and communicate with the dearly departed made the experience even more interesting. We decided to do something a little bit different this time though. We heard rumors that there was a dark figure that roams a wooded park in the mountains of our area. We like to call the mountain Cryptid Mountain, for reasons I'll get into for another story. When we heard about this place, the three of us got excited and waited for the weekend so we could go investigate and see what was going on. Fast forward to the day of the event. Saturday came and the three of us could not wait for nightfall to come. So, to pass the time, Ryan stole a pack of cigarettes from his father. His father smoked three packs a day and kept cartons of cigarettes in his room. We got in Logan's truck and headed to the park ahead of time to smoke them. You know, kid stuff. We sat in his truck and smoked almost half a pack in about five hours. 
As soon as the sun started to set, Logan started to get a strange feeling. He bent over, holding his stomach. Guys, I have a really bad feeling about tonight, Logan stated. Are you okay, man? I asked as a concerned friend, patting his back. He's fine, just being a pussy, Ryan replied before Logan could speak. Ryan was always a hothead and could be a complete and total jerk at times. Logan flipped him off and told him he was a dick, which I giggled at. After about 10 minutes, I asked Logan if he was ready to go and if he still wanted to do this. He replied with, Let's do it, brother. His attitude surprised me. Just two minutes ago, he was holding his stomach in pain. Now, he's hyped up. I was so confused, but his hype got me excited. We got out of Logan's truck and made our way to the destination. As we walked closer to the playground, we noticed that there was a man looking at us from a window of the supply shed. The three of us looked at each other in confusion, wondering why he was there. We later learned he was the groundskeeper, but more on that later. He looked scared, and it seemed like he was trying to tell us something while he mouthed something and pointed nervously. At first, we thought he was pointing at us, but we soon realized that he was pointing at the playground behind us moments later. Why doesn't he just open the door and tell us? I thought. So I decided I would go and see what he was trying to say. I made my way towards the window and shouted, We can't hear you! What are you trying to say? He made his way to the door and cracked it open and whispered, Don't go into the playground. Something big and mean is over there. If you're smart, you'll just get out of here. Chills ran down my spine when he said this. He closed the door and backed away from the window into the dark of his shed, not breaking eye contact with the playground. I ran back to my friends and explained to them what the man had said to me. Logan got that feeling again but Ryan expressed that the groundskeeper was probably just some sort of drug addict or something, and was probably just a big pussy like Logan and I. I told Ryan to shut up jokingly, and we made our way to the playground. Ignoring the warning from the frightened man, as soon as I set foot on the round pebble floor of the playground, I instantly felt, I don't know, angry. I wanted to hurt someone. I wanted to hurt my friends. I, I wanted to kill them. I shook my head to focus on the task at hand and made my way to the tube to slide, forgetting that feeling. I made my way to the slide and investigated the bottom of the slide and saw nothing, but I could feel that there was something in this area. I looked back at my friends. Logan was combing the area for any evidence, and Ryan was on top of the playset. I stood back up and took one step from the slide. Then, something tripped me. It felt like someone had physically grabbed me by the ankle and pulled me to the ground. When I hit the ground, I let out a loud, What the hell? Logan ran over to me in a panic. Patrick, are you- He froze in mid-sentence as he looked up at the slide. I looked up at him and asked, What's wrong? He just pointed to the slide, jaw dropped and eyes filled with fear. I turned around and saw what he saw. It was a big, shadowed figure staring back at us. It let out a slow, snarled growl. I noticed its hands receding back into the shadows on the slide and saw that it was, like, wet and pitch black. These long claws were like fingernails almost. I freaked out and kicked away from the slide, trying to get to my feet. At last, when I got to my feet with Logan's help, I turned to Ryan and shouted for him to get off the playset. Ryan looked at the two of us and saw the fear in our faces. Then he saw something crawling up the slide. He didn't stay to find out what it was, 
Instead, he jumped from the highest point of the playset to the pebbled floor below. When he landed, Logan and I heard a loud crack from Ryan's foot. Later, we found out that he broke his ankle in two places when he hit the ground. Logan and I picked him up and ran back to the truck. The anger, feeling, I felt earlier was back as soon as I set Ryan in the truck. I grabbed Logan's baseball bat from the bed of the truck and made my way back to the playground. I know now that this was a stupid decision. Logan and Ryan yelled and cried for me to come back, but I didn't listen. I got back to the slide and searched for whatever it was that scared the living daylight out of us. It wasn't in the slide anymore, nor was it even on the playground. I searched for what felt like an hour, but was only a few short seconds. I looked over at the groundskeeper's shed and saw the door was open. I made my way over in a fury, thinking I was going to mess this thing up. When I got to the shed, the rage inside me left. My body was replaced with confusion yet again. The groundskeeper was gone, as if he was never there in the first place. I looked inside, but didn't see anything out of the ordinary. I looked back at my friends in the truck to see them waiting in suspense. I felt as if something was breathing on my neck and froze in place like Logan did earlier. In fear, I slowly turned around to see something that will forever be etched into my mind. When I turned around, a shadowed face with piercing yellow bloodshot eyes stared back at me, snarling at me with this decayed and jagged looking smile, drooling some nasty yellow liquid. I was in a state of paralysis. I couldn't move at all. Then, this thing let out a roar so ferocious it brought me back to my senses. I dropped the bat and ran back to the truck as fast as my feet could take me. When I got to the truck, I hurried and jumped in and told Logan to get the hell out of there. After I got my breath back and Logan began to drive, I looked at both him and Ryan, and their faces were pale. I asked them what was wrong. This is what Ryan told me. Dude, when you were running back to the truck, something tall, thin, and black was running behind you, reaching out for you. I was speechless. To this day, I wonder what would have happened if it had caught me. Out of all the craziness and fear, we had Logan take Ryan to the ER. After the hospital visit and Ryan's extremely angry dad, we all went home. The next morning, Logan called me and asked if I went back to the park. I said no, why? Confused. Because this morning I was getting ready for my early morning run and when I opened my front door, my bat was sitting on my porch with scratch marks all over it. My heart dropped. I remembered dropping his bat at the park by the shed. I never went back to get it. What Logan said next still haunts me. It had this yellow stuff dripping from it. Later, we found out that the groundskeeper we thought we saw that night died of a massive heart attack in that same shed ten years prior to our investigation. I know this because we did some digging and we found an article and an obituary. Two years later, I learned the shed was torn down by the city for safety reasons, and they will not disclose why to the public, though. I'd love to read some comments as to what you guys think this was. Thank you for reading my story, Swamp Dweller. When I have the time, I'll share some more tales from Cryptid Mountain. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For some people, this may seem far-fetched, but I can assure you this is real. So basically, I have been a sufferer of sleep paralysis for 10 years. I am 28 years old currently. I can sometimes get it up to 10 times in one night, to the point that I don't sleep at all, and believe me, it is exhausting. So I went to a friend who is a healer, and we have done a range of past life regressions and full moon rituals. I now also have begun to practice Wicca, which is not what people think, nothing at all witchy, it's spiritual and protecting. Since I have found myself and become open to being an empath, I have been seeing voids every night before bed. Then recently, they have shown up in other places. It's like a strange black shifting, like smoke, that I can feel is a void or like a dimension if that makes any sense. Sometimes it feels bad as though something is trying to get through, but cannot due to the protecting crystals, sage, spells, and other powerful objects I have around me in my bedroom. I have begun to hear very loud ringing and voices in my head when I sleep, to which it wakes me up because I feel like things are trying to get to me. So, one night of course, I can astral project, so I decided to see if I could find my spirit guides and ask what is happening, when instead, I come face to face with what I can only describe as a sleep paralysis demon. The one who has taunted me for years, making me feel like he was licking my neck and entering me when he felt like. It basically felt like being assaulted by the vilest thing you could ever imagine. His skin is a shade of green, his hair all bushy and black, and his face I can't explain at all if I am honest, due to mental blocks. He began to laugh as though he had finally had the opportunity to take over my body. Through research, sleep paralysis isn't real, so I started to think, well, how can I feel and see this thing? And if it weren't real, why, why couldn't I move? So all of this is flowing through my head. I managed to repeat my sage spell, which helps to cleanse your room and house. Air, fire, water, earth. Cleanse, dismiss, dispel over and over. Then, I kid you not, the fear I felt was unreal. If you don't believe what I'm saying, I do not care. But out from the darkest corner, my spirit wolf Nuka leaped out and dragged this hideous thing behind me, tearing his arms from his shoulder and socket, taking it away out of my sight. Nuka is bright white with yellow eyes. He's been my spirit wolf for the last few years since I went to a past life and found him. He helped me let go of a few things, especially things that were hurting my soul. He then came back, looked at me, and nodded, and was gone. I found my body again through the darkness. This was over a month ago, and I have not seen that vile, paralysis demon again. For anyone that suffers, I would always advise you to contact your spiritual guides and sage your bedroom every night. The protection is unreal, and has helped me more than anything else has. I hope you enjoyed my story even though I know it was more unconventional than most.
I think there is a demon or a ghost following my family. I'll start with saying that I'll have to send this in a couple of parts, so it isn't too long. And I apologize, this has been something that's followed me my entire life, but I'll share the most impactful or strange moments. I haven't told many people this, but since it's anonymous, well, you know, why not? I don't know where to start. This began before I was born with both my mother and my father. When my mom was young, she said there was only one time she felt true evil. She was young and living with her parents at the time. She awoke randomly and saw this tall, slender, black humanoid thing standing at the end of her bed. It wasn't sleep paralysis because she went under her covers and screamed for her parents. She didn't tell me much more about it or anything. She didn't really tell me about her other experiences before she passed away either. My dad is very reluctant on sharing his sightings because he has always been told that it was nothing. I've been slowly getting more and more out of him over the years though. Getting on with my personal encounters though. First odd thing that's happened to me was when we moved into our third house. When you walked into the front door, there was the living room down the hall and on the right and the dining room and kitchen to the left. You go to the living room and there's one hallway with three bedrooms and the bathroom. My parents on the left and the rest on the right, and one at the very end. Anyway, both my siblings that lived with me were sleeping in the living room in the sleeping bags because of the move, and my mom and stepdad were sleeping in their room. When my older sister and I woke up, we ran to the back room which was the one we were arguing about to see who gets it because it's the biggest one. When we opened the door to the closet, on the inside to the left of the door, there was a crudely drawn face and sharpie that looked like a half dog, half human thing. My sister immediately yelled at me for trying to scare her out of getting that room because that wasn't there the day prior and no one else went in the room. I know for a fact that I didn't draw it and when I finally convinced her of that, she said we shouldn't take it off because it might anger whatever did it. She is a strong believer in ghosts. I wish I still had the picture, but I lost the phone as this was over 13 years ago. Another time, in the same house, my sister and her best friend were exploring the attic which was off limits, and no one ever went up there because they thought it was very creepy, not even my parents. Well, they discovered some boxes and ran off to tell my stepdad when he got home. He went up there and immediately ran down and called the landlord to take them out of the house right now. He didn't even want to touch the boxes that were up there and refused to tell us what they were. Now when I ask him, he pretends like that never happened which is infuriating because I'm very curious. Anyway, if you're interested in more stories with this demon or ghost that followed my family, I have a couple of other things that has happened that I cannot explain and might be paranormal. Hello Swamp Dweller, I'm a long time listener and this is my first time sharing a story. I love your channel as it helps me de-stress and distract me from my anxieties. I'm 36 years old and this happened around the age of 5 or 6 in Wallingford, Connecticut. We live in a large three-story brick and wooden house constructed sometime in the 1800s, adjacent to a thick set of woods which was the perimeter of our backyard. We used to play in these woods often as kids, riding BMX bikes, playing paintball, just normal kid stuff. As far as critters go, we didn't have anything too serious to worry about, other than the occasional black bear, but normally just deer, fox, woodchucks, and your standard woodland creatures inhabited our property. 
I was very familiar with the wildlife we shared space with, even at that age. My bedroom happened to be the only one facing the backyard towards the woods, and my bed was parallel to a sliding glass window with no screen. One night, I had sat up wide awake to the sound of the window next to my bed being smashed from the outside in. Shards of glass spewed all over the desk under the window, and the floor next to my bed as if a stuntman was just jumping through the window or some sort of SWAT team breaching a door. The next thing I saw will forever be burned in my memory. Now, bear with me. This is going to sound, well, different. But I will describe this as thoroughly as I can. A small, brown and scaly claw-like hand grabs the side of the window and leans a face that I will never forget. The first thing I notice are two bulbous, yellow glowing eyes with pupils locking onto mine, like laser-guided systems. The intense and bulging eye sat upon a sickly thin face, which I can only describe as a goblin. Its wrinkled skin was a grotesque fecal brown ridden with black porous-like holes. An exaggerated pointed chin hung under a grimace of gnarly, rotten yellow teeth, mangled, looking like a mako shark. This thing bared its teeth with an evil smile, its huge, pointed nose wrinkled and gigantic, flappy ears cringed back so its head looked like an agitated dog. Very slightly, this ugly little, whatever you want to call it, lowered his head while maintaining eye contact revealing a set of recurved black horns, looking like that of an impala. It was roughly two to three feet tall, as I saw the entire outline of its being squatting on my windowsill. This goblin thing, and I, locked eyes. I saw it advance towards me about one millimeter, and then the memory completely cuts off there. The next thing I know, I am being reprimanded by my parents for breaking my window as there was glass all over my desk and floor. They did not believe me about the goblin. I don't really blame them, I guess, as I was a very young child at the time, but I do know what I saw. I was wide awake and this was not a dream. I've investigated this as much as I possibly could and found some possibilities as to what it could have been. There are two cryptids that have similar appearances, the duende and something called brownies. Problem is, duendes are normally in South America and brownies are in Europe. I was in Connecticut. Duendes are a little smaller than what I saw, and brownies are said to wear clothes, as this goblin thing was naked. I do plan on getting hypnotic regression to revisit this memory, as well as my out-of-body experience, and maybe something else. But this one hit me the hardest. Was it a goblin, or could it have been some sort of demon or something? Aside from the goblin-like features, the darn thing looked like the devil. It's a lot to get into but I suspect that this might be the case, and I might have had an attachment to this thing. I think it possibly feeds off my negativity. I honestly wonder if it somehow jumped into me. If you want a visual representation of what this thing kind of looked like, search for the band Necrogoblicon. The singer wears a mask that looks very close to what I saw, only it was brown and with recurved black horns. Thanks again for allowing me to share this experience. I don't know of anyone else who has ever seen a goblin or some sort of demon, but I do feel at home sharing it in the swamp. I am from North Carolina. I live in a small town right outside of the Charlotte area. 
and where I currently live, there's barely any paranormal activity. Given that it's an old town, anyways, this took place in April, three years ago. My family and I went on an unplanned vacation to Maryland back in April of 2018. We spent a couple of days up there, and on our way back, we stopped in Washington, D.C. We toured the city and saw the Catholic shrines. My family has always been very devout to our Catholic faith, so we were excited to see the shrines and the art. We wrapped up the day by going to Mass. We hit the road and after being stuck in traffic for almost two hours, we were able to get out of D.C. The car ride was rather normal after that. At around 2 or 3 a.m., we were still on the road, and by this point, we were absolutely exhausted. So we looked for a hotel to stay at close to Richmond, Virginia. Unfortunately, we were not able to find a room because there happened to be a motocross event in Richmond, which caused all the hotels to be booked up. So my dad suggested that we just keep going, and we would find one outside of the city somewhere. So we kept on. We kept going and going, and eventually, we found a day's inn. From the outside, it looks normal. Check-in went as normal, but when we went up the steps to turn the corner, the temperature dropped. The day's inn was a motel-style building, so keep that in mind. It was a drastic drop in temperature. At first, my mom and I thought nothing of it, but when we got to the room, that's when things started to happen. My parents slept on one bed, and I slept on the other, and we would hear the bathroom door open and close by itself. Finally, my mom was so fed up that she sprinkled holy water all over the room. Sometime around 4.30 a.m., we were finally able to sleep. When I woke up a few hours later, I had perfectly round bruises all over my neck and back. Now, for you skeptics, I had never ever worn necklaces or anything else like that, and I always sleep shirtless at night. I'm also a light sleeper, so if I fell, I definitely would have known. Back to the story, when my mom and I got home, we started to discuss what could have caused the bruises around my neck, and the only logical explanation that we could think of is it may have been some sort of spirit or demon in that room that perhaps was not happy with us being there. But one thing I know for sure, Casper does not give people hickeys. Thanks for listening to these allegedly true and downright creepy demonic encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's really helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, please give this a 5-star rating over there, as it helps me there a ton. If you're new to the channel, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button, and be sure to turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still would like to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on Spotify and iTunes, maybe check out the merch store 
I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. In the comments down below, I would love to know what story tonight was your favorite. Honestly, I've had a few interesting encounters with what may be demons myself. Maybe I'll share some of those stories in the future. Let me know in the comments if you'd like to hear them. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.